What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. And grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it's still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with someone and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from Brooklyn, New York, Mr. Derek Gaines. What's going on, man? What's up, dude? Ain't shit to it. It's good to see everybody. I'm happy you're here, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Shit, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I met you uh, like two and a half years ago when I first moved to New York. I saw you at the stand downstairs, uh-huh. and I remember it because I was dying. Uh-huh. And at one point, you looked at me, and you were like, he gets it more than all of you. He gets it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to be friends with this guy. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I like when people laugh. It's dude, a nice time. Yeah, it was. And it's every time I see you, it's always a great time. A oh, killer. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah, of course, dude. I mean, thank you for coming on. I reached out to you. It was kind of a hectic situation, and you were like, yeah, I got nothing going on. Let's do it. I was just playing Spider-Man. Yeah. Is the new one good, the second one? The new one, one is fantastic. Okay. It's a fantastic game. You can lose a lot of hours. <laughs> you can be very unproductive by playing that game. I, I got to get a PS5. I got, I'm an Xbox guy. I am a PS. I've been a PS guy for a very long time, so the PS5 is- You started with the original? Yeah. The yeah. PS1? Yeah. What was your game for PS1? No, I actually started on PS2. Okay. Ratchet and Clank. Was I was first. Crash Bandicoot on PS1. See that? So, yeah. Because Cra- Crash was fun, but Ratchet and Clank, hey, he had guns. Yeah. And he, with all kinds of fun ammo you could chase and Oh, God, I forgot about that one. Yeah, man. I played all the Ratchet and Clanks, man. It, those are those are time killers. <laughs> Shout out to Insomnia Games. Yeah, Insomnia Games. Um, yeah. I wanted to have you on because- uh, I know you you like to smoke. We talked about that before, um, and I wanted to have you on the podcast because I'm sure you have some great stories that comes oh, yeah. with that. I don't drink, so yeah, that's pretty I, great. yeah. Um, I wanted to before we get too far in anything though, since it is your first time on the show. I know most of the audience already knows who you are, but just for the listeners, uh, how did you even get into stand up? I started back in like '03. Okay, so, you know, I was uh, I was a funny kid, a little bit, and uh, I really wanted to try it out because. Um, I was funny with my friends. I was funny in high school. What so, was your introduction to like actual stand-up comedy? Uh, my mom used to let me watch uh, Sinbad. Okay. But even before that, my dad used to act like he wouldn't let me watch Def Jam. <laughs> he used to like, like, so if it came on, him and his wife would watch it, and he'll send me upstairs, but he would do some slick shit. He'd be like, all right, look, we're watching Def Jam. You can't watch this. This is on HBO. And he'll wink at me. <laughs> And I go upstairs and just turn on HBO yeah. and just turn it down a little bit and laugh my ass off at Martin Lawrence and all the comics from back then. So I always really loved it since I was a little kid. That's awesome. So, you know. Did you know, I'm sure you know this about Sinbad, he used to just come off the top. Yeah, Sinbad is gifted to be able to do hours and hours yeah. and hours. And if he did write material, fine. But I've heard, I, he, could do, he could do an hour on socks. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like I've heard, like I've heard stories, like Caroline's, the Sinbad would do like six shows and do six different hours. So yeah, I like, heard a story. What the fuck, yeah. I heard a story. He was in the Midwest and it was snowing like crazy. And these this couple showed up like at the end of the show, and he was like. Okay, well, you you two paid for tickets and just got here. So I'm. he announced the entire theater. He goes, the show's technically over. I'm going to do a whole different hour yeah. if everybody wants to hang out for these two right here. Yeah. And just off the top of it, just went. That's insane to me. Yeah, Sinbad is, is gifted. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm mad he, he's having all those strokes. But, uh, yeah, when he was kicking, he was great. Yeah, so you got into it uh, watching that. And then you said you started in 03. You started in 03, yeah. What was your first introduction into stand-up for yourself? Did you just find a mic? Did you, like, what'd you do? I went to this place called The Laugh House in Philly. Okay. And uh, I heard they had an open mic on Wednesday. You're from Philly? Yeah. Okay. I'm from the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. Like, I did half my life in Philly and the other half in Jersey. Okay. Well, the other half. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> but, uh... Just a little more time in Jersey. Yes, like I did, I I did 10, 50, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. I got but, you. Yeah. I started this little comedy club in Philly on South Street because that's, um, that's where Kevin Hart blew up at. So yeah, it was going around that this was the hot spot if you wanted to do stand-up. So. How'd the first mic go? I bombed. Did you? Yeah, bombed, but it didn't feel bad. Yeah. Like, it just didn't feel like the end of the world. I was like, is that what that is? No, it's not as hard I'm as that. I'm not even insecure. Like I fucked up, but don't nobody know who I am. Yeah, I'll come back next week. Shit, I don't even need. I don't even need a shower to wash that. <laughs> eat a sandwich and just get back at it. For those that got stage fright, what the fuck you afraid of? Like you know, it, it was like yeah. it came very natural to me. Absolutely. So I was like, well, I need to pick it up. I mean, you can have all the energy in the world, but you should probably write some jokes. Yeah. And, you know, push come to shove. Five years later, I moved to New York. Yeah. So what brought you to New York? Did you have stuff going on in I heard it was the Mecca. It was just, it was this place that Philly comics treated it like Narnia. Like yeah. It was just like, you go up there, and there's this, there's this place called the cellar, and there's a back table where all these funny motherfuckers be. And that's how Kev did it. This nigga named Keith took Kev, and he left us here, and he went up to, to New York, and they went to the cellar, and it just happened. And it, it was kind of like everybody was telling me the same thing. Yeah. And lo and behold, they were kind of right. It yeah, just took I was going to say. Time, but they were kind of right. I mean, you are one of those guys now in yeah. the back of the I'm cellar. In the yeah. Guys in the back of the table talking shit, bullying new comics. I'm having a good time. I fucking love being mean to these new fucks because I remember because I see them and I see me and them. Yeah. So I just go, oh. <laughs> They're all wide-eyed, like, boy, yeah. oh, boy. Wide-eyed, hopeful, and yeah. very arrogant. Like, COVID gave these motherfuckers a, an arrogance That's I've never seen before. Like, shout-out to the rooftop, the new the new comics that became comics in COVID. I don't know if that's a side effect to the disease, arrogance. <laughs> but, like, these niggas came out of the woodwork with, yeah, give me a special. I'm like, nigga, y'all, none of y'all have five minutes. If y'all all put y'all minutes together, it's still only four and a half minutes. <laughs> So, this is my fuck? favorite conversation I've ever what had on this show. Hap- like, what? Where did all this come from? It's so. insane to me this this generation of uh, kids because I know some of these kids because I started in 06, or excuse me, I started in 09, but I know okay. some of these people who blew up during the the TikTok. Like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. I'll I'll do funny sketches and stuff, yeah. and then they blow up, and now they think they're comics, yeah. and I'm like, you don't do what I do. And and what's funny is you just go, Jesus Christ, these greedy comedy clubs. These yeah. motherfuckers got numbers, so you just going to pack them in. So you get them sold. You get the liquor drank. Yep. These motherfuckers go up and do a stretched out 15 seconds 
of fucking whatever they did. It's insane. And then they jumped the crowd work because they ran out of fucking jokes. And so you go, all oh, yeah. I'm looking at all. Oh, I yeah. see it all. And in the words of the great Jerry Seinfeld, the comedy ecosystem always balances itself out. And I go, well, goddamn. I just, I just got to keep at it. Dude. Yep. It's actually a conversation I had with a, a buddy of mine, Matt Fulcheron. He's a very funny comic. He was in LA, then, now he's in New York, and now he's going back to LA. But I remember some of my friends that were like touring. Oh. And I was like, they've been doing comedy like two years. Amen. I was like, they're doing a shitty so-and-so impression. Like, that's what they're... Amen. And Matt looked at me and he goes, listen, man, it's all going to... He's like, I've been doing this 20 years. Yeah. It's all going to work itself It'll out. It'll work itself out. And I, like you said, I just got to hang on. You got to hang keep on. Going. Shit, I've been doing this 20 years. There's still no one know who the fuck I am. So I I, I That I is not true. I'm a, I'm a under-the-radar guy. And I kind of like being under this radar. I love it because there are certain times where I'll go to clubs or I'll bring friends to clubs or I'll be uh, – like my girlfriend likes com- – I've gotten her into stand-up and she okay. likes comedy. I sent her the uh, the bar mitzvah joke that you do because it's hilarious. Uh, um, and uh, she's Jewish for the audience listening. Oh, yeah, that's why, that, that that's why it was funny. It does help. <laughs> but um, she uh, – she came to a, a show at one of the clubs. I won't say where. And it was all these like young, like just recently passed. Yeah. And I'm like looking at her, like almost I'm sorry. Like it's not like. And then you came up and I was like, never mind. We're good. <laughs> We're good. We're good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Don't make yeah, me blush. Course. But you know, like I literally I texted her and I was like, Derek's coming on the podcast. And she goes, why does that name sound familiar? And yeah. I was like, I sent you that video. She goes, oh, yeah, he was the guy. That was at the show. You kept like hitting me. And I was like, yes, yes. All right. We're all on the same page. But it's true to what you're saying is like a lot of these clubs, they're not they're not art clubs. They're oh, no. They're bars and restaurants oh, that over. happen to have a stage. Art, cl- an art club. <laughs> get the fuck. In 2020, get the fuck out of here. No. Nope. Art is done. It's you dead. You better have numbers, yep. followers, likes. You better have this podcast or this TikTok. And you better... Pack out my room. Yeah, you go up there and say whatever the fuck, and it's gonna be whatever the fuck. But if you can pack it out, that's how a comedy club works. Ah, oh, yeah. So that the talent shit, we don't really give. A <laughs> I'm talking real, and I'm talking big cash shit. So I hope everybody hears me because yeah. I, I will back it up. I'm always back up my shit. That's why I talk because I'm always backing up. I appreciate you saying that because I are you big because I know you do a lot of social media now. But were you big on social media when it came out? I had I just put little dumb pictures like. When I saw it become a bit, here go me, because I'm not really savvy yeah. when it comes down to computers. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm not a savvy dude, so thank God that he sees fit that I be getting all these gigs, because I, the, the, the numbers and the posting, I do it if it's fly. Yeah. But like when I see how people do it as the job, and then the English on English, and the fucking- Every uh, day at five. Yeah, every day at five, you got to drop, yeah. and then every clip I see is just crowd work. And I just be like, oh man, I, it it just kind of bums me out. Yeah. So I just be like, well, let me smoke my weed and write, man, jot some shit down, and I just do it the long way. Yeah. I just go tell them what I was thinking about today, and usually it works, and it, it gets them good. And I go, all right, so I still, I still got the comedy part. I so. want to because there's certain things because talking about the social media and stuff like because uh-huh. I I railed against it when it came out. I was like, these jokes aren't ready. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is they put up anything now. I I. Dude, I've seen comics bring tripods to open mics. It's crazy. In New York, it's where crazy. it's just comics. It's crazy. And I'm like, what are you doing? And and uh, they're like, I got to get clips. And if the joke, <laughs> and it'd be just clips. It don't be good clips. Yeah, just clips. It just be clips. They say a sentence and then the pop up come, watch for more. Like, watch yeah. for more. 
You didn't say anything. And then on top of that, it's always, I mean, shout out to everybody doing comedy, but there's so many, like, five, sixes, and seven girls talking about how much hooking up they do on the joke. I'll be like, now I got to put your ugly face in my (laughs) mouth. Because I got to put you got you hooking up, so but I got to believe the joke. So yeah. now I got to put you in a sexual situation. Your goofy comedy face, girl. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's uh, and then and then it still don't pay off. <laughs> I'm like, I am wasting life scrolling through Just these scrolling. reels, and I'm like, I got to do this right because I'm supposed to be a part of in the networking of it all, and I'm supposed to, and I just be like. Ah, it's kind of fucked up that I started 20 years ago. Yeah, because I'm still an artist. I, I started when I was like, oh, this shit, this art form is fucking insane. You can go on stage with funny sentences and then people pay for it or girls laugh at you. Get the fuck. And I get to wear cool sneakers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm doing this. And it was all, well, let me get back to my books. If I did bad, I got back to the book. Or if we did good, me and the homies was just shitting on each other all night, drinking Shirley Temples and playing bar games and hollering at bitches. Like, it's just like we didn't think social media. We yeah. was like, oh, this shit is just amazing. Yeah. Who can out, who can, and then it was to a point, this was when I first started, to a point, all the guys I hang with now, we were all at that open mic in Philly. Okay. Dave Temple, Monroe Martin, Reggie Conquest, the guys, all right? Yeah, yeah. And we used to try to, and shout out, rest in peace, Chris Cotton, we used to try to out joke each other every week. All right, you was kind of funny this week, nigga. How funny can you be next week? Yeah. It, that's what it was. It's competition. And I've been sticking with that my whole life. Like, can I out-funny this motherfucker next week? And they're all my friends. So yeah. after end, we just talk shit on each other's jokes and just act like none of that just happened. And you just build that. Yeah. You just build that art form. And that's what I've done. And then when social media came in, I just kept doing the art part. And then I start seeing what they're doing on social media. And I'm like, I still stick to the art part. Yeah. So. Well, and that's, the, I mean, I... That's like, something I'm not, I'm not like the numbers and you got to follow uh, selling out ticket. This this is all correct. Yeah. Do the podcast. Get all this. I will never say no to all the successful motherfuckers that did what they did. And now they selling out arenas. Yeah. Beautiful thing. But I'm a slow learner. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I could kind of got I could I kind of got to not give a fuck because it's just like, nigga, run your own race. Like you can listen and you can take all these self helps and all this Instagram uh, uh, cover your ass. Whatever the fuck classes to try to, but at the same time, look what you've been doing. Yeah. So you on a track. I don't know if it's the right track, but you're on a track. But that's true because like I started comedy in 09 right after football, and then my alcoholism and my drug addiction got like so bad that I was go. going on stage. Semantics. Just being a fucking man. Dude, I used to run I used to go to Mike's and run the light for 12 minutes, okay. a five-minute mic, doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, hammered out of my mind. Wow. But I, I'm a big guy, so nobody was gonna like come get me off the stage. So to what you're saying, though, it's like, yeah, I'm on a track, but that's not the right. So sometimes I look back on it and I go, oh, I wasted all that time. Yeah. But as a storytelling comic, I'm like, I didn't waste it because now I have all this stuff to mine yeah. from. You have to just to fucking this being this solo art form, just you and the microphone. Mm-hmm. As comics, I only speak for myself. Uh, we go through those doubt hurdles. Yeah. And you always compare yourself to another comic or another mother. Why is he got? Why she got? Oh, I should sound like, or maybe I don't write the way. It's 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 a it's an individual thing. Mm-hmm. So it's an individual run. You cannot do this shit like anybody else. You yep. have to find your lane, and that's the tough part. So when you just doing and you start seeing everybody else be successful, and you think about yourself, that's the part that hurts the most. So just jumping over that. That's even fly for a comic to figure out. Yeah. So. 
How long did it take you to figure out your voice? Shit, I'm still figuring out my voice. But <laughs> no, nah, I, I want to say it took me a, a solid 15. Yeah. Yeah, because about 10. When I moved from Philly and got into New York and fell off my horse and got humbled year after year after year, that's, that's where I figured out where the fuck I was coming from. Okay. Because it was those instances that made me personally stop giving a fuck. Yeah. Like, okay, this is, you've, you're, you've been torn down. The city has eaten you to fuck alive. Yes. Now you're going to move back to South Jersey or you're Yeah, gonna what are you going to do now? <laughs> you're going to salvage whatever the fuck you got left for your ego and that's where you build from. Yeah. You write what about you write about what affects you. You write about these girls that you be meeting but talk like you don't talk like them, don't try to sound like them. You do it this way because this is how you feel. Yeah. This is what the city has ripped you down. Now it's time to build yourself back up. And that's it, it took 15, like a good 15 cuz I, I did five in Philly, and then them ten in New York, which is like, mm, yeah, mm. every day. And when I hit my thirties, when I hit my thirties, when I start really hitting my stride. When did you? Uh, is that when you started uh, getting past it, like the cellar? The yeah, it was all after 2015. Okay, before that, it was a well because the stand fucked with me early. They okay. the one that actually gave me a spot like that when the old club was built. I was one of the first dudes booked at the oh, old shit, club. Oh shit, that's awesome! So I've been there the whole ten years, but they yeah. saw the potential. But it took a while for the seller, yeah. and it took a while just running around the city, just show after show after show after show, being on the road, off the road, in the city, staying in the city, maintaining, doing those late nights, all that shit. Yeah, it was just like that. Those ones where you're getting up at two fifteen. Yeah, in the it's morning. like two fifteen, two thirty, doing all these weird ass rooms, showcases, competitions, fucking. Showcases, competitions, fucking auditioning. Just, it's just all that shit that builds you, that just makes you go, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you, it, it, it beats you down until you built up. Did you ever have an inkling in your head that you were going to do something other than comedy? I quit for uh, 20 minutes. Did you really? I quit. Uh, two, what year was that? 2000, 2010. Okay, so seven years in. You're in yeah, New York. 2010. Wait a minute. 2000, yeah, 2000, yeah, 2010. I had moved to New York in 09, mm -hmm. and I already got kicked out of my first two apartments because I couldn't make the rent because <laughs> I was always because I was already. I thought you were going to say well, something matter crazy. Matter of fact, the first apartment I had, I left because my girlfriend at the time was jealous that I was my roommate was a chick okay. that I knew. So I wound up moving out of there to another spot, which was terrible. And then I left that spot because when I was working a day job, I was always running late because I was out till 4 or 5 a.m. telling jokes with the gang. Yeah. So, you know, you get suspended enough. You ain't making no money to pay the rent. Yeah. So it was like at one point, so I had to move back home a few times. Okay. So that, I think the, the first, I think that second, after I left, lost the second apartment, I had to move home. I was sitting in my garage, man. That shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was at my mom's house pissed. And uh, I quit for like 20. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not this and all that bullshit. Just that overly dramatic. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I head. was there yesterday. <laughs> Moving furniture all over. Yeah, I'm never going to. This is never going to work. And what I was I thinking? And then shout out to Jay Electronica, man. Uh, Exhibit C is the rap song that kept me from quitting comedy. Is it really? That, that reinstated me back in the stand-up. That yeah. song, Exhibit C by Jay Electronica, it, it, it. It put me back into the game. And then from then on, shit, I remember the first joke I wrote after that little break, after that meltdown, yeah. wound up being a killer at the club. So yeah. it's just like, uh, you ever be so angry, you ever be so broke, but she's so angry that you can't break shit? Like, I can't throw that. 
Like, you got to be angry on a budget. Dude, that's a great bit. Yeah, I was like, like, like oh, you want to throw your phone? I As an angry person, phone. I yeah. totally am like, I can't Like, throw. I can't throw my phone up against the wall. I need that goddamn phone. I knew, I'm waiting for a call for a job, bitch-ass nigga. <laughs> Go outside and punch the air for a little while because it's cheaper. <laughs> you can cry for free, bitch-ass nigga. Like, all that yeah, yeah, yeah. started coming from the meltdown. So when I saw that, I'm like, I'm making jokes off the, oh, yeah, I'm staying in. Yeah, shit. this and is it. And then from then on. That was the therapy. Yeah, because everybody always tells me you need a plan B. And I always say, if I have a plan B, I never had a plan A. Eddie Murphy said this shit. Oh, okay. He said it on Arsenio. Uh, I don't have a plan B because usually when you have a plan B, you you you, you slack off on plan A. That's probably so where I, I got like, it from. Well, God then, damn, yeah. Murph. So yeah, just have a plan A. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's and it's interesting though because I come from you know I come from an, you know the suburbs where everyone's like me too. Yeah, my sister does marketing. My you know my twin sister works at a school. My older brother has his doctorate, and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, this is fun. And then when even when I moved to New York like oh, two and a half years ago, everyone's like, wait, are you really you're really doing this? Mm-hmm. Like you're really gonna do it? Oh, and yeah. I was like. Yeah, this is what people don't believe that shit. Well, it's because I say all the time. I was like, God had plenty of opportunities to kill me. If I'm still here, then I'm obviously tr- like moving towards something. You on a track? Yeah, and, and exactly like we we're talking about, and and everyone's just so blown away by it. You do you have any siblings? Yeah, I got a, I got a sister. Okay, and, uh, she's a she's a consultant. Was that was she's so? That, did you go genius. through the same thing? Well, because you are from the suburbs. That's my one of my favorite. My mother supported me immediately. Yeah, which was weird. But it was great. <laughs> my dad was like, what the fuck? Because my dad is, a, is an airman. He's an Air Force. He's a decorated pilot. So he was looking at me like, what? Jokes? You know what I've done? It's all about the deaf jam. And it was like, I was like, damn, you know what I've done? And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of your fault, dad, because you let me watch Def Jam when I was six, and I kind of wanted to do that instead of fly planes and fix jets. I'm sorry, nigga. Can't everybody be a genius like you? And my mom is a sound engineer, so she know how to fucking work. My, my, my mom and papa like, and I was just like, <laughs> numbers and dials. and I just wanted, I kind of want to fuck around on this mic. What? And so my mom was cool. The only thing my mom said was like, why the fuck you go to college first? Now we still got to pay off those, you know, student loans and all that shit. Where'd you go to school? I went to school at, um, it's going to be funny. I went to went to jazz college. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I was a musician. I was a musician. I had I no at idea. University of the Arts of Philly. Like I got in, like I got oh, a scholarship shit. and everything. What do you play? Drummer. I was a drummer, and I was a, uh, and I, I kind of was studying Afro-Cuban rhythms. I was really into Afro, like Bembe's and Clave's and all that. Boom, 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 all that bullshit. So I was studying Mongo, Santa Maria, and Giovanni Adalgo, jazz, like Latin jazz. Yeah, Latin jazz was my shit. I had a, um, back in high school, I had a, uh, I had a Spanish, uh, uh, music teacher that was that was helping me get prepped for college. His name was Marlon Simon, and nigga, he spoke to me in sounds and snaps and all that shit. Shout out Marlon Simon. Yeah, Marlon Simon was my motherfucking dude, man. And then, you know, and I was school. Like, I was performing in high school. So yeah. I was already on stage. Yeah, you were already That's why that. I was like, when I got on stage to talk that first time, I said, oh, this, oh, okay. That's what a bomb feel like? Nigga, please. I, I had to perform jazz in front of high school kids. A bunch of South Jersey assholes. <laughs> so it was like, oh, yeah, I get I get, have yeah. no taste for jazz. Yeah. Kids trying to get trying to fuck the girls because it was graduation week and I was a senior and I had to play a senior concert. Oh yeah, yeah. Now. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, bombing. That's nothing. Yeah, I've had to play jazz in a fucking South Jersey high school. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, man. Uh, and then I went to school for that. Uh, shout out to Derek Hodge, uh, famous bass player and um, uh, uh, composer too. He's a composer now. He uh, he composes movies. Pretty oh, crazy. Uh, Derek Hodge got me into school. 
he got me to uh, he got me that wreck to go to jazz college. But the first year I went to jazz college, I failed piano, and um, because I couldn't read music. Yeah, right? I can only play it. And I got in all these bands and all this fly shit and all that. And I swear to God, it was a uh, it was a concert. I was playing in a senior recital. I was a freshman, but I was really good. So all the seniors was hiring me to do. The little, the little Afro-Cuban parts in their little jazz concertos or whatever the fuck. So I was playing a concert for this other kid, saxophone player, and uh, he gave me a solo. And at the time, my girlfriend and my mom was in the concert, and I got the spotlight to play the solo. Kill the solo. Yeah. I killed it. All the sounds. It was very musical. Oh, I was making sure all the beats was like this. I'm singing to myself. All that. All the shit you do. So when I was done, I got this this crazy applause. And then it went back to the saxophone player. And I was just behind a nigga playing the drums again. I yeah. was like, I'm playing some dude's ass playing drums. Like, I want to do this shit. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's when you So that was the epiphany. Like, yeah. I was like, man, I want to be in front. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't even want to play. I'd rather tell, am I, I'm doing this as I'm playing the concert. Because <laughs> I was like, after the light went off, so I had good. an attitude. Kinda like, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all the music dropped. And it was like, you should be, you should do comedy. Hey, maybe I should do comedy. So that whole <laughs> summer, I planned my dropout. I, was, I told my mom, I told my pop. I was like, I know you're going to be mad. I'll pay it back later. But I think I want to get into these jokes. Got some day jobs and then just got at it. That's was, awesome, dude. I, the day after I turned 19, I hopped on that mic. Damn. Yeah. And then I was just like, yeah, it was a, it was a corny way up. I was corny for a long time, man. Were just you? A lot of energy, no no jokes. And I'm still, a lot of people, a lot of people probably say that now. But I think I've written There's no some way. I shit. couldn't imagine that. Yeah, just a lot of like a lot of lot of act outs, but not not no real shit. So it was like because when York- you talk about on stage now is is and this is something I say all the time as someone who loves Lenny Bruce, you challenge the status quo on a nightly basis. Oh yeah, and I'm not trying to like blow you up or like you know blow smoke or whatever, but like you do. Like there are certain times where I've seen you. And it's been like a mostly white audience. Oh, yeah. and you have to like talk to them like this is a real thing I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's also hilarious, but it's also a real thing. Yeah, just to watch because I like I watch I like watching Park Avenue cringe. Yeah, Park Avenue. These, you get that these, a lot of the stand. Those white people off Park Ave, you just be like these cringe worthy fucks. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. It always gets me because it's a black man on stage saying it, and they're still just like, can he say that? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's so nervous, and it's like. And that I kind of thrive on now. So I go, yeah, they're just write, write about everything. <laughs> write about these celebrities. Write about how you feel. Write about New York. Write about just, just write, nigga. I just be trying to force myself. Just write something down every day. Yeah. And then we'll get there. But write something. Yeah. Word it out. Make it sound like you give a fuck. And that's basically why I think I'm where I'm at now. Yeah, because it's, it's. I really, I enjoy, because I enjoy the writers of the city, the Dan Soders, the Mark Normans of this oh, world, yeah. the fucking. The fucking uh, the David Tells of this world, the fucking Big J's of this world. I know that's all white comics, but um, like just watching them to see why the white boys used to worship these guys. Yeah, just to see. And then I used to I watch and I go, it's because they good with that pen. They yeah. saying a lot of shit really fast, and it's like, oh, that was a joke. Oh, that was a joke. I kind of want to be tag, like that. tag, tag, tag. I tag, like all yeah. these tags. And as a black dude, big energy. I was like, what if I can use the energy, but had that writing style, and then do the put tags. it together, and you be do like that really this well. whole. Speed is whole, yeah, because yeah. I love joke writing. Like I, my white noise is Family Guy. Like I fall asleep with Family Guy every night. It's going, oh, I, I didn't catch that last time, yeah. but I got it this time. So yeah, 
You do because like a great example of that is the barista bit that you have. Yeah, it's just like bang, bang, yeah. bang, you bang, bang. Keep, yeah, you want to. But then you also have an act. You have act outs in it. And you two. gotta try Sarah, to Sarah the phone. Yeah, just the whole. You be like, there's a whole thing. Yeah, you cover everything, and that's why I go. That's why I like comedy. Yeah, because I go fuck. You can really make this whole splash or whatever the fuck. You can make a whole world. A whole got just by talking, but you just making sure everything. You be like, all right. And it's and it's to this day still why I still do it. Yeah, because you can make that world. You can really make that world. And then you know the Greer Barnes of this world. Yeah. Greer Barnes was one of the guys. Hilarious. I, my my jaw would fall off my face after watch. Fucking, I mean we can name all the greats, yeah. but now nah, let's just talk about the niggas in the city. Monroe Martin, one of my best friends. I think he's the funniest dude. So out here. funny. Dave Temple, like just watching these guys process. On how they get these sentences out, yeah. you'd be like, "Damn, that's a funny fucking sentence." Reggie Conquest, same Reggie, way. Reggie, yeah. fucking just the yeah. Every time I see him, I'm just like, "God damn it, to, man!" Just the process of how oh, I like how they wrote that. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm in it for. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because we mentioned it earlier because you don't drink. I don't drink. You're just uh, you like to smoke. You're I like a smoke to smoke guy. weed. I like to be aware. Yeah. And then people get really silly sometimes. Have you drink. never have you never drank? Well, shots and all that. Yeah. But not a lot of shots. Okay. I go, what the I just fuck? don't, because I, I, I've guessed on sometimes and they go, oh, I don't drink because they had like one time in college. No, 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 no. You ready for this? Yeah. My mom kind of jokes me out of drinking. Oh, really? Drinking was crazy in high school when I was there. Back yeah. In, back in 99, 2000, oh, 2001. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teenage drinking was at an all-time high. That's all we did because there wasn't no social media yet. Niggas just getting blackout. Nothing. You'd be in 11th grade, be blackout. Niggas come to school with hangovers back in church. <laughs> Dude, I yeah. went to school with people who would be drinking yeah. during class. Yeah. Big drinkers back in South Jersey High School. So a lot of parties. Too, baby. Florida too. A lot of parties. A lot of fucking, a lot of scholarships getting fucking uh, dwindling away because of drinking. A yeah. uh, lot, of, lot of teenage girls getting pregnant. So my mom was like, you can go fuck around or get good grades. I'll give you anything you want. So it was just like, I, I just, every time I see people drinking fuck up, I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. So I'd do well and not drink and get home on time and all that and be up and alert and get all A's and B's and all that shit. My mom would give me PS2. snakes and PS2s and fucking steak dinners with the fucking lobster and the fucking new jacket. So you had incentives to not, book yeah. bag this. Oh, I, mom, get me the Skelly or the fucking Jordans. So I'd be like, so I was like spoiled. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do this instead of... And then just to see how people be, like some people get the Rams and we got to fight. Uh, some people, uh, 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 people get sloppy. I remember uh, we used to go to house parties a lot. A lot yeah, so you're still going to these parties even though you don't Back drink. when I was in yeah. school, yeah, because I'm hanging with my friends. Yeah, I'm, yeah. The, I'm the designated driver. So they drink, they get crazy, but I I kind of, this is going to sound weird, but I felt like a hero. I used to get all these motherfuckers home. Yeah. Every time. This I was like, sound I weird. I have friends home. that have died that way. Yeah, you are so a I'm hero. Like, I'm like, I got all these motherfuckers home. We keep girls from getting uh, graped. Right? Yeah. Because they be walking around stumbling outside Camden. I'm like, bitch, you in Camden. Get in the car. We'll take you to your fucking front door. Like, you can't be just out here with these crazy jersey niggas. What are you doing? Like, yeah, just <laughs> so me and my homies, what we was on some doing? other shit. We drive around that four contour saving motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, it's just like I didn't drink. And it just, I, after a while, <laughs> I just didn't want to drink. And then when I start, when I would get a shot of something, it's the grossest shit to me. Like, yeah. I go, what the this tastes terrible. You ruin people ruin their lives over. It. I ruined my this life shit over. Shit tastes fucking awful. It's How gross. can you do this? So I was like, nah. But when I started smoking, when did that's you start what smoking? Made more sense to me. When I was twenty nine. Oh shit! Shout out to my homie Pete Davidson for always passing me the joint because we used to be roommates a long time ago. 
And uh, every night he would just, I go, nah, nah, I'm good. And he just kept passing it. And then one night I was like, man, give me that weed. And then it, it changed my life forever. So yeah, I want to talk about that. So yeah. when that happens, are you just like, oh, this is my thing now? Yeah, because it was kind of, you know what it was? Because I felt like I unlocked that door. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, I yeah. was playing jazz and I was in church oh, writing jokes and all, all this shit sober. sober. So when oh, I started, so when I started hearing music the way jazz musicians, the ones that smoke me, I'm like, I get it. Oh <laughs> shit! I hear it all now. Like I feel it all. Those are the words that I've been wanting to say. This the shit that I've been wanting to. T- Weed. And I was like, what? Like it was like, fuck. I unlocked the door. Yeah. And then when I started floating through space and then start finding shit to talk about. That's when it all changed. And I was like, damn, I'm really a pothead now. Shit. And then, you know, when it was accepted by my mother, you couldn't tell me anything. Like, my mom was like- Your mom was cool with it? Yeah, my mom was cool with it. So I was like, oh, shit. Because she used to to smoke weed back in the day. Okay. So- What about your dad? Was your dad cool? Oh, no. no. (laughs) That's probably one of the reasons they got divorced, because, you know- I kind of set you up on that one. I I had a feeling I knew- He was an airman. My mother was fixing jets when he was 17. He ain't no time to smoke no weed. That nigga, it was different. He's he's more tactical. My mom is an artist brain. My dad was a more tactical brain. Yeah, yeah. more analytical. Analytical, yeah. Left side or right side or whatever the fuck that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, whatever they say. I'm glad both their sides were genius. Yeah. So That's I came what you out said. Okay. You said your your sister's really smart too, My right? sister, she's a consultant. So she teaches teachers how to teach. Damn. Yeah. That's a mouthful. She teaches teachers. High school, like- she, she's the girl you go to the teachers got to go to those conferences yeah, yeah, yeah. and learn how to talk yeah, to teenagers yeah my girl is a teacher yeah so yeah, she has so to go to those damn well, Kendra teaches teachers how to teach teenagers if you say that <laughs> three, four times fast a lot of T's shout out to alliteration I love me some uh, alliteration and assonance that's why I went so far in, in jokes people. god damn man yeah alliterate I've always liked words like I was like so even in school I was like oh this shit is fine if you fuck with words a little bit yeah make people laugh do so, you ever find it when you're on stage and you you come up with a tag, but it's kind of bare? Like you know what I mean? Like it's kind of hidden in the like you have to be listening. Oh yeah. Do you find it where like do you? Because I do that a lot, and as a comic, like if I get no response from the audience, I almost feel like I failed. But like, does that ever happen where you're like looking at the audience, like how do you not fucking get this? Uh, you know, that shit happens. But yeah. you know, fucking. If Marvel can do Easter eggs, <laughs> so can true. I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Maybe you'll true. get it when you get home. There's, <laughs> you'll get it when you. Oh shit! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing one now that a lot of people don't get. Some Harriet Tubman bit is the tag, dude. It's so funny. And I say something there about trains and all of the underground railroads, and people get it sometimes. Yeah, not, but I'm not getting rid of that joke. Yeah, it's I'm a not. great joke. So yeah, so I get it. But that's the beauty of the game. Yeah, you can write in code. If video games have all these special levels, and, yeah, and fucking, you watch a movie and wait for the end of the credits to get. But why can't I do that in stand up? It's, it's one of my favorite feelings when somebody gets it. Yeah, when you bury like an Easter egg in yeah. the bit, and, and then, then one person go, you'd be like, <laughs> it was for you, my man. There we yeah. go. I wanted to ask you. So since you started, because you started smoking late, did late. you have what's like the craziest experience that you've had? Because of smoking, like because of weed. Has anything crazy ever happened? Well, starting off, I have crazy bug outs. Yeah. Like the first meltdowns you get when you high. Yeah. Because that actually was what stopped me from smoking. When I got to college, I my got roommate over was the meltdowns. smoker and I was like, I'm not touching it. I got over those paranoia meltdowns. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's just the weed. Something in me clicked was like, well, you know, you're only acting like that because you high. Yeah. 
So you know the world's not coming to an end. You know your soul ain't going to hell. Like you know all that horse shit that you. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was another one? What was a fucking? What was another good note? That just. Am I gonna die? I I used to think I was gonna those, die all the time. Why is my heart beating? That something. I have whatever. All the shit you. That's all the weed. Yeah. So in my just some wild shit I'm about to say. So my artist brain must have been like so, well. You going let this shit stop you from whatever the stratosphere has to offer, huh? You don't want to go float because you in your brain and you know it ain't real. It's just the weed. And you go, you a bitch if you fall <laughs> under the weed. Ain't you stronger than the weed? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. You, just pep talk, you just talked yourself into and it. And then you know, hype myself up. You better harness that power. <laughs> You better find what the fuck it's trying to give you, Derek. Stop cowering into some bullshit. It's a goddamn plant. Like, shit like that. Yeah. And I go, yeah, you're right. It's just a plant. So that would kind of made me go, you know, you helping me. I'm not helping you. Yeah. You my little tool that I use to go grab the mic and say I am. So, yeah, it, it, it took a minute. But, you know, I got over it. My friends used to tell me, you don't smoke before I get on stage. I used to be bad at it. Yeah. You know, but you bad at anything when you first start. Absolutely. But I smoke now like shit. On some rock star status shit, because being on tour with Pete Davidson, I'm not dropping names, but that's who I'm on tour with. That motherfucker smoke all the time. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of put be, up or shut up. Let's yeah. go. I remember one time, one one of them specials we did, he was doing. We all was eating shrooms before, the show. <laughs> and we had, I had, I was at, I think Gramercy Theater, and I was. That's just, where it was. Fuck. <laughs> and I still got through the set. I was like, use it, just use it. How is that? How is that performing? It on is stage? tough. I do I not like say. performing on shrooms. I remember when I performed on shrooms. Have uh, you done it all? I, well, not often, but have you done it? A I've few done times? it enough. Yeah, that I can tell these. Stories. I was going to say, yeah. I remember one time, shout out to Monroe. He gave me some shit that uh, Ari Shafir gave him. Oh God! And oh, God. I wasn't ready because he said, "Yeah, man, I don't think I could do any of the art drugs." So I took it. <laughs> So I took it off his hands. I was like, "Give me those shrooms." That should be its hand. own label, Ari Drugs. So it had a, uh, uh, it had uh, it said "wrecked" on it. I'll never forget with an R. W. Oh, it did have the W R E X E D. Okay, wrecked, wrecked, whatever the fuck. But I looked at it, it was it was all shrooms. So I was like, if I eat them, I'm gonna have a stomachache. I know. I make all this bag into a tea, and it probably won't even feel as bad. So I made the whole. Sack of mushrooms into a tea. Drink all, all drink all the tea. Thought I was gonna be, thought I was gonna be cool. So after throwing up twice, <laughs> after puking my guts twice, that's when the high set in. Yeah, that's the weird part. How the fuck I throw it up? But I'm higher than I ever been in my life. So the walls is melting. It's pretty. It's going down. Where is this? In my apartment. <laughs> in my little ass room, and I'm just like, I think I fucked up. So now. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, Dean David. Dean David. Young Dean. Yeah. He has this uh, room out in, in Bushwick called uh, Gold Coast or Gold, Golden, whatever the fuck. It's down the street from the house. Golden record, whatever. And it's um, it's November 1st. It's like two years ago. And uh, it's November 1st. I'm shrunked out of my head. The graffiti on the walls as I'm walking down the street, <laughs> headed to this show because I just had to get out the house. Yeah. All the graffiti on the walls is moving. I feel like eyes is following me. I'm fucked. So I get to the venue, like I'm shrunked out of my fucking skull. Yeah. But I made it to the spot. But now here come the bullshit because November 1st, that's the day after uh, Halloween. Yeah. So they still got Halloween de decorations in there. Oh, shit. Hellraiser this, devil demons that. 
So automatically, I'm like, I'm walking to the seventh level of hell right now. Like, why did I come here? Now I feel weird, right? <laughs> so I go back to the showroom. There's nobody in there yet. So I said, all right, this would be the chance for me to go smoke a joint to kind of balance out. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm too fucking high. So I was like, let me smoke this weed. The weed will probably bring me like to a, It'll balance me out. Yeah, equal. So liberty. I go outside, shrimped out of my head, start smoking weed. Now this happened. This is no exaggeration for all your listeners. I am not bidding you. I'm not. This is not something I wrote. This actually happened. Three. Count them. Three special needs paraplegic people pull up to the counter. <laughs> One of them has the the the, the polio uh, um, crutches. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the one with the cup on yep, it. Yep, yep. And rollerblades on. That's one. <laughs> I'm gonna pass out. So I'm just like, what the fuck? The second one, she got the she got the motor car, so she got the finger and the neck. That's all yeah. she got. And then the last one, straight mute. She can't talk. So they pull up to the show. And I'm high, just looking at it, going, the fuck is this all about? <laughs> so as I'm smoking, the bartender comes out and picks the girl in the chair up out the chair and carries her into the show. So I'm like, this is wild. And then the mute girl just follows with now. Now the guy with the polio stilts and the rollerblades is outside with me. So I'm already like, this is pretty crazy. And he has this woman's chair just sitting there. So he walks up to me. First of all, he's a little guy, little yeah. guy. So he's looking up at me. I'm smoking, shrimped out. He goes, hey, man, can you hold my stilts while I park my friends? <laughs> so now, because you, know, you know how outside the venue, they got that other venue. Yeah, yeah. That, the COVID, the Ratatouille venue. For, for yeah. Post-COVID, everybody eats outside. Outside, So yeah. there's a little outdoor thing. And in the thing, there's a space for him to roll down the ramp and fix it. So I, I watch a man with rollerblades, but he rolls up onto the joint. Parallel parks his friend's little motor car in the joint. So I see all of this shit. I'm like, this can't be real. This cannot be fucking real. Why the night did Dean 3 pull up when I'm shrimped out of my head? I don't even know what's real or not. So, yeah. so I get to the, I do the show. I walk in and I let everybody in the room know, hey guys, I'm on shrooms. I don't know how this is going to work out. All I know is that the three people in the back, the three paralegious people, are my best of friends. Whole crowd goes crazy, right? Yeah. So before I do the Bushwick bit, I ask, can I do the bit? Okay. And he was like, yeah, go ahead, fuck it. And when I tell you, it was the best time I ever did it. It was because they was back there. Yeah. And everybody was just like, oh, shit. But then they're laughing. And when so. I did the stir and the little aunt, <laughs> they were, motherfuckers, so to be able to have knocked it out and be on shrooms and the crowd knew and I was still kind of cooking. Yeah. That was when I was like, oh, okay. This is- You're this invincible. Is art form. Yeah. Because I, I chose the art form. Fuck the, the clip or crowd work. Yeah. Let me see if I can get into my own head and push out something great. So yeah. So- Damn, shroom, man. Shrooms taught me that, but I don't. I really don't like doing stand-up on shrooms. It's, no. It's, it's That's got to be very panicky. It's intense. I did, I did it one time on acid. I did the seller one time on acid. And that when was shit, this? Uh, the Halloween after the shrooms. Okay, that's so funny. Damn, always just on to Halloween. see. I was like, let me see. Did you? So it you planned it out? It. But here go the thing. On Halloween, you get to wear a costume. Yeah, so I was on stage with shades on. Okay, so the sh- the darkness kind of kept me, but okay. I was kind of like I felt my. I was. I kept just. I was like, I'm, I'm getting through this little 13 minute set. But Did you was, tell them? On nah, that one? I didn't tell them I was on acid. But I was like, God damn, this does feel weird. On stage, I was like, yeah, you probably should never do this. <laughs> like, I heard that internal whisper, like, yeah, yeah you up here. You saying what you You are saying, up here. <laughs> but this set ain't really going that well, nigga. You fucked up. You not Miles Davis. This ain't, 
What you think this is? What you know? He he was strung out on heroin. That's different. You can play the trumpet really good on heroin. It's <laughs> different. But you can't do stand up on acid, nigga. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like it was, it, it was all that. That oh. little internal voice was crazy that night. So yeah. So if you're gonna do any drug before you get on stage, make sure it's nothing. But yeah. if you do it, smoke weed. Yeah, weed's so much. It's so but much yeah, cooler. Man, it's a headache. But I know my limits now. Yeah. So have you since then? Since the acid of uh, last year, have you done anything? Uh, no. I can't. Yeah, that was kind of the tipping yeah, I'm point. Like, I see, I know what the mental shit is. Yeah. I know what a trip. I know what trips are. Nah, I'm done. Yeah, because I remember the first time I did shrooms was in L.A. When was that? And uh, I was when I was trying to be somebody out there auditioning, yeah. trying to get on show. So wait, when did, I didn't even know you spent time in L.A. Oh yeah, I did four years out there. Oh shit. I did a little bi-coastal thing. I was going back and forth, but okay. I was staying out there three or four or five months at a time. Yeah. Auditioning, trying to play the the, the, the little- Was that- was All the comedy scenes out there, the factory and all that. Yeah. I mean- The last OG, was that, that, was that out there? Or was last that OG here? was in New York. Okay. Yeah, the last OG got canceled. That shit hurt me, man. I wish Tracy played that a little different, but he didn't. Yeah. And uh, but that that happened in New York. That happened in New York. Okay. That was that was fun. I would I thought that was my my ticket. Like I thought a lot of shows was my ticket. Yeah. Nah, it's different for me. The path is funny. So because broke ass game show, that was my first like big credit. Was it, it? my first? That was my big MTV show. That was my. When first did you thing. get that? How far? That twenty fifteen. Okay. Damn. So you were in it a minute. Yeah. You were in it twelve years that, before you I got, got that. that twenty fifteen, and then fucking. Were you uh, like, that's it? This is going to change? Yeah, I knew it was like, because we got a second season. Yeah. And after we got that second season, I was like, set it up. <laughs> I'm about to move to Manhattan. Bye-bye, <laughs> bye, uh, Brooklyn. And I'm in L.A. auditioning with a show. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like a fucking god. I got a show in New York, but I'm out in L.A. auditioning, right? So I was at one audition. I bombed so bad. And then when Viacom changed their presidents, they snatched all the shows. Yeah. So Broke Ass Game Show was kapoof. It was done. And I was like, I was going to get to redo my contract and all that shit. I was about to make some real money. Yeah. And, and then it died. It and just was that was That was the big, that was my first big fall off after having something. Yeah. And then it's just been a climb back up to the top. And it was a climb back up to the top. It was great. It was stressful, but yeah, we did it. We did it. We're here. Yeah, I almost forgot. Plug everything one more time, or well, we never plugged it up front. Plug yeah. everything that we hate so much. Your social media, all that. Oh, hey guys, uh, T uh, uh, on Instagram, the Great Boy, T H E G R E A T B O Y. That's it. It's just one word. I got Instagram when it first started. Yeah, to let you know how long I've been doing this shit. That's why I got that name. And uh, make sure you listen to the No Need for Apologies podcast on Gas Digital and all where podcasts are. Uh, we have uh, we have a new episode every Wednesday and Sunday. Um, and what else? In December twentieth, December twentieth, December twentieth, December twentieth, Black Ass Comedy Show at uh, City Winery. Me and Dave Temple host. I have a beautiful cast of raucous black comedians that's going to rock the City Winery that night. We have our own wine. Do you really? For apologies, wine. We have a custom wine. Get the fuck out of here. How'd that happen? The the winery hooks us up because we did a show there before. Okay. It it was successful. So now we got our no need for apologies bottle of wine. You get one of those. And uh, it's going to be a nice December 20th, 730. It's going to be one of the wildest shows in New York right before Christmas. So yeah, just make sure you check that out. I wanted to ask you just because you mentioned the LA thing. Yeah. When you were doing Bi Coastal, when did you decide like you were just coming back to be in New York? The question thank you uh after pandemic because the last time i was out there right it was right before everything shut down that okay. march 2020 or whatever yeah whatever it was and when i got back and saw how much the city changed and then to have all these studios in brooklyn 
when they, when I saw all these TV and movie studios popping up in yeah. Brooklyn, I said, the fuck is the point of L.A.? Yeah. Like, what's the point? There's no reason. Like, I can go out there and network and try to get to Eddie Murphy's house or whatever the fuck. But I'm like. He's got one in Jersey. I'm Look like, but nah, he's living in Alpine. And I was like, and it's just like, I'm like, I don't really like the store. I don't like the Laugh Factory like that. The only one I like is the Hollywood Improv. I love that fucking club. The, yeah. the Hollywood Improv is my favorite spot out there. But whatever. I'm I'm a regular at the cellar, you know. Uh, in my opinion, that's the best credit in comedy. Yeah, I'm cool. To be a regular at the cellar. Yeah, I'm a regular like, at yeah. the cellar. So I was like, ah, you know, my friends, I have a lot of cool friends that put me in shit, thank yeah. God. And I kind of was just like, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, thank you, ladies. All the ladies. <laughs> that's the one thing they yes, did have. They do have that. A lot of women out there, man. A lot, a lot of beautiful of, women out there. A lot of fucking Tinder and Bumble out in LA was different than New York, man. It was. <laughs> But that wasn't that wasn't getting That's shit no done. Reason to stay, yeah. It wasn't getting shit done. I was losing shows, losing money, sleeping on couches, hanging out with my friends. That they, I, I got like hippie friends. I got like like like, like nerd hippies. Like yeah. you know the motherfuckers that just be about Malibu and be about games and yeah, you know free love. Walk around barefoot, yeah, barefoot. Yeah. Bunch of naked bitches always walking around, yeah, yeah. free. <laughs> and just yeah, I was living in those kind of areas for like North. Hot- North Hollywood. Yeah, there you, you go. know That's North you Hollywood. No ho, baby. So just North Hollywood, everybody naked, just sitting there. Uh, this shit is crazy. Every five, if five, if you meet five women, three of them do porn. Like yeah. you just go, I can't. This <laughs> just the stage time home. was limited. Yeah, my all my homies in New York, they don't. I, I try to speak to LA comics. They don't speak like we speak. Yeah. They don't joke like we joke. It's always about what, gig, like joke, what yeah. gigs coming up or who books this, who books that. It just started driving me fucking insane. Got in too many car accidents. I thought I was going to lose my life one time. Holy shit. So yeah, just uh, fights. I done gotten fights with comedians out there. Like actual physical? Like actual physical. Altercation. How does that even happen? It's just like motherfuckers got ego. Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess that's, that's you a got simple it. And then we got to speak sternly to each other's faces. I don't. I'm like, I don't. I don't like you niggas out here. I really I, don't. But see, that's the thing. Yeah. Is like, I've been arrested eight times. I spent time in jail. I've been in lots of fights. Yeah. At no point in comedy have I ever thought like, oh, like I'm gonna have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but in L.A. Yeah, I guess. Shit. And it's the wild, wild west out there. Yeah. You can feel the emptiness in that place. <laughs> you feel it. And you go, damn, I'm really trying to chase this career, man. So I'm going to just go ahead and go to all these Ontarios and whatever. Just to be on the West. And it's just space. It just just wasn't home. Yeah. Well, and and also, start, you, you you love the art form aspect. Yeah. Though, and which just is, out there, like you walk down the street and see 10 motherfuckers doing TikTok videos. Uh, like, <laughs> you had to walk through it. Uh, because outdoors is a studio. Yeah. Everywhere is a studio in LA. So, yeah. But so the only thing I can take away from that. His girls, because there was some challenging women. Some of the women, some of the bad bitches, <laughs> they treated me like suckers out in L.A. But there you go. But that was fun. Yeah, you learned. But, yeah, just learning the, the, the girls out there. But other than that, man, I was just like, yeah, nah, I think New York is where I can hustle. And then, lo oh, and yeah. behold, yada, 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 blue bloods. So, yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. And then now I'm doing my fourth episode into this month. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, fourth. They already gave me a story arc. So now if I'm on four, you're fourth in. Episode, I'm like, I'm okay. So they already gave me a three episode story arc. So it sounds like I'm starting another another arc. So I'm like, all right, fine. Lock and load. And I sit there like, damn, like all the times I went to CBS lot in fucking LA. Never. No jobs. Never. I'm like, I pull up there. Hey, Derek, what's going on? Like, everybody know your name. Hilariously in New York. 
And I shot a show with James Burroughs in L.A. that didn't go anywhere. So many pilots. So many pilots I shot. I shot so many fucking pilots in L.A. that never went. Got the checks, thank God. That's how I kept skipping stuff. I kept skipping like a like. Yeah. But man, oh man, nothing went. And just after a while, you should be like this shit. And then um, and you're not even doing stand up like you would up here. And the wretched, wretched, wretched feeling when you and five other motherfuckers get that call back, and now y'all all sitting at Warner Brothers, looking at each other. <laughs> And now y'all individually got to go in there with all the wigs, all yeah. the NBC and all the CBS. And you got to put your fucking dreams on the carpet act real quick. Come on, monkey. Give me that act. And then you do it. And then we all five monkeys sitting in the hallway. And then you the only monkey don't get called. Then you got to sit there because you didn't get the shot to shoot something else that could have moved you up 25 grand. Like, nigga. Yeah, man. It's just. And then it's just a lot of those. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, all right, I'm going to go break this pool stick again. <laughs> and go in there with my broken pool stick back to fucking Warner Brothers, back to CBS. And it's fine because I get the pressure. Stand up. Prepare me for all this shit. But it started showing up in New York. Yeah. I'd hit these rooms. Can you come back? Yeah, come back. Oh, uh, we was thinking, here's an offer. Can you do this episode? And then, you know. Building relationships with Donnie Wahlberg and that because I wasn't supposed to go past one episode. Yeah, but thank God for stand up. I kept improving the lines, making Donnie Wahlberg laugh, and he was like, "Cut! Who the fuck is? Who is this? Hell yeah! I've never seen a, a, a guest come in there and have the staff laughing." I'm Derek Gaines, man. Just do comedy around the city. This is what I do. Do stand up, you know. So there's there's room for jokes in the script without fucking up the script. So yeah. the CBS writers was like, "It's good." So they just kept bringing me back. So Damn, man. So Hell I was yeah. like, all right. So it seems like it just works in New York. Fuck yeah. I got the voice here. So I was like, I'm staying here. So I'm an East Coast guy. Damn. I don't really have to go back to LA. If there's a bag, fine. I'll fly out there. But I, I, I'd be like, because I dread LAX. Yeah. I dread to pick up. And then everybody like, where you at? Come hang out. And then it's just all this. What'd you it, get? Yeah, Who gave it to you? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're back in New York, man. Thank yeah, you so man. much for coming on this podcast. Oh, man. absolutely. Absolutely, man. It was a good talk. I, I was shocked. I was really home, half sleep. And I was like, okay, I'll come Let's out. do it. Yeah. Dude, fucking, it's the best, man. I'm so happy you came on. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was fun. Yeah.